Oh yeah, baby. Daddy is back. Let's go. Back to a cover. Yes. Oh yeah, baby. July 8th, 2019. Micah's back in the building with my main man, Bradley Key. Welcome back, Micah. God, it feels good to be back. How was Portland? Uh, Portland was truly lit. Did any, uh, did, did your, um, how do I describe this? Was your begging for drinks from the audience? Did anybody show up and buy you a drink? Uh, no one actually bought me a drink, but I will give a shout out. Uh, I, uh, shit, I wasn't expecting this question. Sorry. I will give a shout out to, um, to a a young fan who did recognize me at the uh, Portland City Grill. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, my girlfriend was as embarrassed as she always is, which is always funny. It's one of my favorite things. When a fan notice recognizes yeah, you, yeah, shouts to my man Chris, Chris, who Chris, was, uh, who was with his brother, who was celebrating his twenty first birthday, and his parents, and he, they like stopped to say hello, and he was like, "Are you Micah?" It was great. So big shouts. The people of that Portland, is incredible. The people of Portland, tremendous, tremendous people. Had a great time. Everyone was incredibly friendly. Uh, we will. Uh, you know what? It's a little tease for the future, Brad. Okay. Coming up later this week on Mind of Micah, I will be talking about my trip to Portland. Okay. Perhaps Micah's Beef of the Week, where I just talk about what I ate. Uh, that seems to be what most people are interested in. Or we just talk about the culture, the things we encountered. Saw a lot of great things. Had a lot of fun. Mind of Micah. Coming later this week. Also coming today on Mind of Micah. Probably by the time you've listened to this. In fact, I can guarantee by the time you've listened to this, there's a new read of the week with my friend, Bradley Key. Thank you. So shouts to Brad. Uh, we will. I'm going to tease that later in the episode, but if you're unfamiliar with Mind of Micah, you should subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Mind of Micah. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff. We had some good stuff last week. More good stuff. A lot of fresh original content coming this week, including the return of Jersey, America's what? number one Jersey Shore podcast. It's back, huh? Uh, yeah, the new season of Jersey Shore uh, premieres on Thursday, and since I hate myself, I'll be watching. So we'll get the get that going on Friday. Hey, buddy, I'll watch that with you and talk about it. If you oh want. man. Well, this is this is exciting stuff. Something. To hey, other news in the MWBK universe. Check out the three sixty five things Austin pod. We've got a new episode dropping today on how to get your fitness right, get your bod sh- in shape. It's live right now. On just search three sixty five things Austin wherever you listen to podcasts. If you live in Austin or you care about Austin, or if you just want to look good with your shirt off this summer, uh, we had a bunch of backdoor cover last weekend. Our last week, uh, I was out uh, after Monday, but. Brad record with the Titan High Boys. They got some uh, butter cut. All the gambling baseball talk you need. We've got the, uh, we'll talk a little baseball here this afternoon too. So, but before we do, let's talk NBA free agency because that, the whole world changed. Brad and I, uh, of course, Kawhi uh, is where we will start with this. We had a crazy couple days to start the uh, free agency period, but things have now hit overdrive with Kawhi Leonard agreeing to go to the Clippers. Uh, and then, of course, Paul George being traded to the Clippers to play with him uh, from Oklahoma City. Brad, your first thoughts well, on Kawhi. So really, what this is, is it's the the official start 
of free agency because every team was kind of waiting to see what Kawhi would do. That's correct. Well, Lots not of players every team, too. but many players, many teams. So now all of the 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 whatever bricks are going to drop. The rest of the the people are going to fall into place. The the trade itself was a shocker to me. Um but I mean, I think it was a shocker to everybody like nobody really has a bead on what Kawhi thinks or how he feels or what his decision-making process is or who really is in his decision-making process like circle. So like no one knew why it took him so long to make a decision. And it turns out the reason why is he was propositioning OKC and Paul George for a trade that was, what is it? The biggest in NBA history, uh, the biggest haul ever taken in NBA history, which I think previously it was probably Anthony Davis, and now for one single player, this is bigger than Anthony Davis. So kind of crazy. Uh, yes, the Clippers have gone all in, uh, obviously, and they should have. They got Kawhi, and now they got Paul George. They have players, Paul uh, Paul George, who finished third in the MVP, Kawhi, who was the best player throughout the playoffs. This is a serious contender now, and they they've been saving up, and they did it. They've spent the last year sending scouts to Toronto games. Like the Clippers have been all in on this for a long time, and now they've accomplished it. And you've got to give them a lot of credit. You have to give Steve Ballmer's crazy dad dancing ass a lot of credit He's too. He's wild, man. I mean, they identified that this was the guy that they needed, and they they worked for more than a year to make it happen, and they did it. And Doc gets credit because Doc is a guy who's universally loved in the league. Um. But it really all does come down to Kawhi being a weirdo, nobody really knowing what Kawhi wants, and then and Uncle Dennis doing his thing. And apparently, uh, I'm going to read uh, on Micah's Read of the Week on Mind of Micah this week with Brad and I that is now live on the Mind of Micah feed. We're bre- breaking down why Kawhi left. Uh, Bruce Arthur from uh, Canada, uh, I believe he writes for the Toronto Star, we got in a, a brief Twitter feud a couple weeks back, as you recall, That's when right. I said that he talked about the crippling heat in Toronto during the parade when it was 67 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, he has written the defense of peace on uh, on Kawhi leaving and what it means uh, for Toronto, for the Clippers, for everybody. And we will read that on Micah's Read of the Week. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy that. So if you if you want to hear everything about it, uh, check the mind of Micah feed. So here's one more kind of thought that I had about the whole the whole situation and like the league as a whole. It's so I don't condone the trade if you are a a powerhouse or if you're a traditional power in the NBA and if you're in a big market and you can, can kind of control your free agency destiny. But for teams like the Clippers, who while they're in a big market, they're the redhead stepchild to the Lakers. Not or, anymore. Well. I bet they are still like in 10 years or whatever. Like I just, they're not the traditional power of that area or like, you know, Oklahoma city or whoever it may be for you to trade everything. You have to be like one of the smaller teams for it to make sense. Otherwise you're like mortgaging basically like it's a, it's like too much risk to take on. Like it's like the, the, the housing bubble or whatever that burst, like they were doing too much loaning and everybody didn't pay back their loans and it crippled the economy. Like this feels like they're going so far with how much they're giving up. They're like, so in the now that they don't care about five years from now. And like it it could potentially just devastate their franchise for the rest of the 
whatever eternity. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like there's some know. things about this that are just like too reckless. Like they're giving up too much. I strongly, strongly disagree. I know uh, many people would be on your side with this, and for me, it's like I I think it's worth it, and I think it's the right move for the Clippers, obviously. But I don't know, man. Like there's just not many situations where this does make sense. Because of how fucked you are for the, like, really the long term. Like, you're just putting so much into right this second and so little into the future. Yeah, but that's assuming that you can't get any free agents. And that's now right. You can get free agents. It's just, it, we, the gold standard in the NBA for the last decade has been that what's been known as the terrible trade for uh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn and Boston. But in reality, we now look back a few years later and Brooklyn signed two of the, the top free agents in the class and they're back. So it all sort of worked out. And a lot of those Boston picks, uh, a couple of them, Jason Tatum was a part of that deal, but the rest of them haven't really turned into anything special. Um, it looks bad on paper, but unless unless something really collapses, sometimes it, it's, it's worth it to go for it, especially if you're a free agent destination, which the Clippers now have proven themselves to be one. So How often if, do you think they don't something... have any draft picks? They can go sign somebody. Yeah, but what are the chances that somebody like Brooklyn are going to land Kevin Durant and? Well, they're a hundred percent right now. Right, they just did it. No, again. What are the chances that it'll happen again? Probably pretty high. Probably zero. The Knicks are a goddamn mess. That's the for Lakers sure. are a goddamn mess. People want to play yeah. in New York and L.A. And now there's two two teams. They're there. The Clippers are talking about building a new arena. They could be. I agree. They're the redhead stepchild. They play. They're a tenant in that building. The the jerseys and the Raptors are all Lakers. But things could change. Yes, and that's my point. If you're the Clippers, you have to make this move. But yes, if this you're changes the whole culture. changes the whole dynamic. If you're an established organization like the Lakers, with, like, with what they did with Anthony Davis is, I think it's like borderline criminal what they did with all of their assets with a, with a person who's going to eventually come there no matter what or who had planned to come there. I, I I think that they just put too much into it. Now look at their roster. It's it's just decimated except for two star players. And it's like, well, well the Lakers also Boogie. signed Boogie yeah, yeah. and they have Rojan Rondo. They're basically Rajon. just running back, running back the Pelicans team from two years ago uh, and adding LeBron, which is a pretty good formula. Yeah, in that case, then we're in a pretty good place. But like I should mention, we talk about how the pieces, the bricks are falling into place. They've all pretty much fallen into place now because right. if you look, <clears throat> the only three available unrestricted free agents that played at least fifteen hundred minutes last season are Justin Holiday, Marcus Morris, and Jabari Parker. So there are no more difference makers out right. there. Uh, this is basically who you got unless we unless we get on a bunch of uh, trades, which of course are likely to happen. But you know the question becomes, <clears throat> and it depends on what side you sit on. If you're a Pacers fan or a Spurs fan or, you know, an Oklahoma City fan, God forbid, <laughs> what what do you think about this league? Why do you say God forbid for Oklahoma City? Well, one, you live in Oklahoma, which sucks. Oklahoma Two, City is pretty nice, though. Anyways, keep continuing. No, it going. isn't. You yes, haven't spent any time in Oklahoma Brick City. Town is a nice spot. Okay. You have the two. rest of Oklahoma. They also have a very I've, nice I've, I've taco never, never, They do have a great taco It's very cabana. nice. I will give that okay, credit. Okay, thank you. That's all I'm asking. Well, that's all credit. they got. And now they don't have Paul George, and they don't have Kevin Durant. And but they, they don't have, have seven additional first-round picks coming for the next seven years or whatever it is. 
They've well, got let's talk a, OKC. And yeah. they've got Shea Gilders Alexander. And they got Danilo Gallinari. Like, they got a haul. I wouldn't say poor. They stink. They are not a playoff team right now. And Russ well, wants no. out because they're not a play, They're not a contender. They want Russ out because there's not a timeline where it makes sense for them to pay him $47 million a year and be an, pay over the luxury tax and then miss the playoffs. Like, they, it doesn't make sense for either party. So I do think they're going to trade him before the season starts. Um, but I'm Did with you, you. Just imagine being an Oklahoma City fan, though. Yeah, not, well, not that long ago, you had Kevin Durant, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Serge Ibaka. Right. Now you have you're Paul looking George. At, at Paul George, and now you're looking at a situation where you have none of those guys. Now you are in position to really rebuild. And like, if you look at the team that, like, from five days ago when they did have Paul George and Russ, how how competitive were they? Were they a first round exit? Were they a second round exit? It was time to rebuild, anyways, and they. While they had sentimental attachments to those players, they're way better off with what they just picked up in that hall. Like, I think that they are supremely better off. They had no chance of competing, especially with the super teams that have kind of come into power, like as of the last month. I think they're in great shape to rebuild. I think they'll still be entertaining. Uh, I think Oklahoma City, if you are hurt out there in this Oklahoma team is City, not entertaining, it's Brad. going to be all good. You take Russ off this team, there's nothing entertaining about it. Shea Gilders Alexander is good. He is a he'll be a perennial all star. I think that's an an insane take. I think he'll be three time all star, a three time all star. Wow, that's crazy. We should place a bet on this. Yes, the guy's not an all star. Okay, he's a legitimate NBA starter, but he's not an all star candidate. Okay, Okay. that's reasonable. And Danilo Gallinari is fun to watch for like the nine games a season. He stays healthy, and he just jacks three. Like he's not that excited. Yeah, this team stinks, and they're boring. If they get, I mean, they're boring. They stink with Russ, and they stink way worse without Russ. Right. And you know maybe you're right. You you had they had a they've had a great ten year run there. Basically, that's right. And so th- most things do come to an end, unless you're a Spurs fan. But um, you know I don't know. It's it, this is a a tough situation uh, if you're a small market fan. But that's the way it is. Like maybe you should move to L.A. Someone should should tell me, but I refuse to do that. What's the name of the guy who's their their general manager? Uh, why am I drawing a blank on this guy? And now I was just thinking about mentioning his name a minute ago, and now it escapes me. Uh, Sam Presti. Yes. So Sam Presti has displayed an ability to identify talent through the draft. He drafted three MVPs over the last 10 years in Russ, KD, and Harden. And now you're equipping him with a team that's going to be tanking and is going to have a very high draft pick for the next couple of years, on top of which you will also have all of... of the Clippers picks. Sam Presti is an incredible drafter and has has a proven track record. I just think that he is, this is a, a dream scenario for that guy. All right. That's my Well, thing. that's too much Oklahoma City talk. They Oklahoma City Thunder fans, welcome to irrelevancy because your team is going to stink for years to come and uh, the most exciting thing that may happen to you is a is a successful draft pick. You guys so, just congrats. got everything that the 76ers accomplished through the process uh, in the matter of one week. They're not starting the process right now. No, they don't they have to start. Russ they got all of these draft picks. They already have the process in place. Now they have to have the draft. Yeah, but the draft picks aren't going to be good. Yeah, well, yeah they are. The Clippers are going to be good. But, but have you seen even the if Kawhi gets falls? hurt? Even if, both they have two guys. This is not the same. As the deal that that Brooklyn made with two dudes like on the very end of their career, Paul George and Kawhi are absolutely in the peak of their prime. Like these dudes are not. Even if one of them misses a whole season, they're still going to be a playoff team. This is not a team that's going to mm. collapse and win fifteen games or twenty games or thirty games. 
Worst case is a 50-win team. Like this. You think the Clippers are? Yeah, for a, for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? It's hard to speculate four years from now. Right, but which is when the majority of those this picks is This falling. is a team that is set. Uh, yeah. the the defensive lineup that they're going to send out there it's going to be so nasty with Kawhi and Paul George who are two of the 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 best probably the two best wing defenders in the league and then Pat and Bev. then you have Pat Bev doing his shit <laughs> he's so nasty I mean they're going to be gro- nobody's going to want to play this team nobody nobody it's going to be quite unpleasant they just need to get, add some height to that that roster yeah uh, let's talk about the Lakers even though I hate to do it. Uh, we mentioned they, they're bringing Rondo and Boogie on a two-year deal. I like it. Yeah, I kind of like it, too. I mean, that's as good as they, they could. They still uh, have ja- JaVale McGee, which means they're going to be knuckleheads. Uh, they're going to be really hateable, uh, especially with Rondo. Rondo, for some reason, rubs everyone the wrong way. I still don't know if I like Rondo on this team, but Rondo still ends up... I feel like Rondo just ends up in the worst places for him all the time. He can't shoot, and this is a team that's going to need shooters. Well, so they got the guy out of Toronto that is a shooter. The poor man's Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Danny Danny Green. Green. Yeah. So he is a huge addition. I think he is the most important little piece that they could have added uh, outside of Kawhi, obviously. But, like, they needed somebody who could space the floor and play D, and Danny Green does that great. And he's the perfect part of his career. The thing that I really like about this is they have made it really easy on LeBron. Because right. LeBron's old, and even though he's a superhuman freak, like he needs to not he he doesn't play hard defense every night. Eighty two games, he does not play hard defense. Come playoffs, he does. Right, but now he can't afford to play good defense right now. And now he doesn't have to grind out uh, buckets in the half court either. They can run pick and roll with him and Anthony Davis in the half court. And now you've got Davis, uh, Boogie Rondo, these dudes that are going to go and and Danny Green that are that will go out and run. Quinn and, Cook can shoot, too, who they picked up from yeah. Golden State. And with Danny Green there, he doesn't... Danny Green can guard the best wing player. LeBron doesn't... The, the burden doesn't follow on him right. to to guard the best player, every, you know, every possession. So, I like it That pick and roll is going to be devastating with Quinn Cook and uh, Danny Green on the wings. Just, like, anytime they collapse, they pop it out to those guys. But, like, even if you collapse, you can't stop it. So, they, they kind of like have their pick of the litter when they run that pick and roll. Like, what no do you... Doubt. However you want to make buckets, you're going to get them. And then, you know, Kyle Kuzma's a budding player. He's going to be good. If DeMarcus Cousins can come into health, he shoots well. So, like, they could have a big man, stretch man, like, out there as well. Like, it could be a very effective, strong lineup. I wonder how they plug Rondo in in situations like that because he's just rendered useless if he's standing on the outside well, watching I mean, I a pick and roll. Well, I think that you think, you know, you probably run – you run an offense similar to the one that the Pelicans ran when they had all those dudes together where you just yeah. run. You get Anthony Davis running, and you get as much in transition as you can. Yeah. The other guy that got the last guy that's of note is Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who was supposed to be really good. Then he was pretty much trash for the last two years after he left Detroit, went to L.A. They got him on a pretty favorable contract, but, yeah, he's going to be okay. And then uh, I think Talon Horton Tucker is their rookie who's supposed to be pretty good but is injured right now. So they've their roster actually has come into some shape now that all the, the pieces have come into place. And I'm kind of interested. You know what else I think is going to be really interested about this hmm. is the dynamic between the rivalry of the Clippers versus the Lakers and like Kawhi kind of cucked LeBron by going to the Clippers and like not going to the Lakers just to spite him. Like they, that was kind of the deal, right? Like he didn't want to play with LeBron. Like that's personal, man. And well, I think we'll, that, that we'll could talk be about good. that on Micah's read of the week. Oh, okay, we're, on, we're still teasing. Mind of Micah. Yeah, I. 
Yes. If I you love think that about dynamic. it, that's what it is. But like this could be some eighties. Nobody like, really knows. Nobody really knows if that's the case because nobody knows what Kawhi really thinks. Like, did Kawhi wait a week just to fuck LeBron? Maybe. Maybe no. he's a genius like that. Maybe he didn't know where he was going. Maybe he thought he was going this place. The we'll talk thing. about that. The the read of the week talks about every okay. day breakdown of what, what he was thinking, where people thought he was going. It's very interesting. I'm excited about that. Any other free agency moves outside of those teams that we need to discuss? Let me see here. No, I mean, I think that covers it for the most part. Um, it's just kind of like, where do we think Russ might fall? I don't know if that's something you want to go into at this early of a stature. Uh, but I'd rather not speculate because I have no idea. I, the only places I've heard have been Miami that would absorb that much contract. Right. Um, or Orlando is a possibility. Hmm. But I don't think Russ would be happy there. And I think because he's got a good relationship with OKC in that front office, I don't think they would send him somewhere unless he gave them their blessing. So I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, I think Miami's the place. I think that's where he falls. I saw that uh, Memphis is retiring Mike Conley's jersey. Like the moment they traded him away, which is kind of funny. That's interesting. I'm sure they'd do the same thing with Russ. Oh, I don't the know. other piece of news that came out in, in the aftermath of the the whole Kawhi thing was that uh, OKC, before it all went down, was shopping both PG and Russ Westbrook to Toronto. Yeah, trying to get Siakam, Van Fleet, and some, and, yeah. and like four tra- four picks. Which is another reason that it makes me think that they're trading Russ. Like, well, that's he, another thing time. we're going to talk about on Read of the Week yeah, yeah, because yeah. that was broken down. It's kind of amazing Excellent. to see how... How that uh, worked. As far as the new betting odds, your Clippers are your favorites at plus 300. The Lakers are plus 400. L.A. is uh, is really on top there. Milwaukee at plus 500 is your Eastern Conference favorite, followed by Philadelphia at a pretty big drop-off at 800. And then a huge drop-off to the Rockets at plus 1,400. Uh, the Warriors at 1,400. Nuggets at 16. Utah at 1,600. Uh, Toronto and the Celtics are now plus 2,000. We didn't do a whole lot of talking about the Celtics. I think that or I think that the um, the pickup of the guy out of... What is his fucking name? Kimball Walker. I think the pickup of Kimball Walker is really, really, really big for them. I think that he fits perfectly with that, that system. Um, I'm excited about that. I'm looking forward to seeing kind of how Kyrie comes into Brooklyn and meshes with that existing young roster. Um, I think there's some really fascinating stories on that side that we'll have to keep an eye out for. Um, I saw that the junkyard dog uh, is going to San Antonio. You bet your ass he is. He's great. He's awesome. Big shouts to Damari Carroll. He's one of my favorite players all time. He's Championship. Championship. Yeah, we're pretty excited. Uh, Spurs re-signed Rudy Gay and then uh, added uh, Damari Carroll. Not Who, exactly. Rudy Gay's kind of having a career resurgence here like he's always been considered like a jeff green type that's way more talented than he is productive and he was really pretty damn good for the last couple of years for or last year whatever it was for the spurs yeah he's um, been good i like him i like him in that system they really the spurs know how to get the most out of people and to help them like identify like understand their abilities and stuff like that uh let's see i don't have much else on the free agency front that's that's really that shocking um, bunch of kind of like low end young guy, kind of semi unrecognizable people that I think are interesting, but probably people don't. Rondé Hollis Jefferson going to the Raptors is kind of interesting. He's a guy out of uh, Arizona that was really, really highly touted when he was drafted. Um, yeah, just some stuff like that, you know. 
Yeah. So that's it. That's it, and that's all. We'll see. Uh, there's still more trades to be done, and lots of other stuff. So that balding white guy, Alex Caruso, that dunks real hard for the Lakers, they resigned him. Cool. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. We won't talk about summer league. I know that. Uh, I wanted to, but you didn't. There's nothing to talk about, really. Summer league's the best. I mean, it's fun to watch, but none of it means anything. Um, even Zion is shut down after their One precautionary game. knee thing. He got a bruised knee. Michael Porter got hurt in a scrimmage and has been shut down. Uh, precautionary. He may fun. never play for his entire career. Yeah, so we won't get into that. Hey, you know what is of the essence, Brad? Time is of the essence. And now this uh, this is not the time for us to, to cry wolf. Okay. Many people are probably hearing this going, oh, you guys talk about this all the time. Guys, this promo ends... Very soon. What Do you know what promo it is? What is it? Our friends at Lisa Mattress. We talk about Lisa Mattress every week. We love Lisa Mattress, okay? This is not exaggeration. We do these reads every week, so I know. They have run two sales this year. They ran one Memorial Day. They're running one 4th of July. It ends tomorrow, July 9th. It ends tomorrow, July 9th. That's it. That's only two sales in half the year. Okay, so if you're waiting for a better sale, if you've been thinking about getting a mattress, now is the time. Go to lisa.com slash BDC, and you'll save 15% off all mattresses, plus you get two free pillows with any mattress purchase while supplies last. These pillows are awesome. Now is the time. If you're thinking about getting a mattress, don't borrow your buddy's truck. Go to lisa.com slash BDC and get this. It's time to red, white, and snooze during Lisa's 4th of July mattress sale. Ending July 9th. That's Tuesday. This is the last chance. I don't know when the next sale is going to be. They may never have another sale. Uh, We love the Lisa people, but I don't exactly know when the next sale is coming, if it's ever coming again. But get better rest on Lisa's award-winning mattresses. The all-foam Lisa mattress is made with premium, exclusive foam for comfort and support. The Lisa hybrid mattress features premium foam and individually wrapped springs for enhanced sleep experience. Lisa mattresses are made in the USA, so support America, support an American company, and uh, buy a Lisa at lisa.com slash BDC. As we always talk about, uh, Lisa donates one mattress for every 10 they sell. So far, 33,000 Americans are sleeping on mattresses because of Lisa that otherwise wouldn't be. This this is an all-American company. They will support you. Celebrate the 4th of July. It's your last chance. Two free pillows plus 15% off. Save today. Snooze tonight. Lisa.com slash BDC. Start getting the best rest you can. That's Lisa.com slash BDC. Nice. Like backdoor cover. Okay. Hey, wait. Before we go on, I got one more thing that dawned on me that I want to talk about, about NBA. Okay, so Memphis Grizzlies specifically is who I want to talk about. The The big trade that they made was Kyle Korver, Javon Carter to the Phoenix Suns for DeAnthony Melton and Josh Jackson, which Josh Jackson, if you remember, was the guy out of Kansas that was drafted like second, third, maybe. He was drafted really, really high, was a highly touted you know, prospect, and then kind of toiled away in that Phoenix Suns uh, operation. So Memphis, their roster has shaped into like this crazy, crazy, very talented group of young players at pretty low salaries. Um, that's kind of mixed with some really nice, like mid mid aged guys. They've got Avery Bradley on the roster, Kyle Anderson out of the Spurs. Uh, they've got Andre Andre Iguodala, who I would imagine they'll end up trading and getting assets for. But I mean, adding Josh Jackson to that already really young nucleus 
of uh, Jaron Jackson, who was their number one pick a uh, couple years ago, and then uh, John ja Morant, and then they got that Tyus Jones guy out of Duke that was like the point guard everybody had talked about all year last year. Really good point guard. Um, they're interesting, man. They just have so much talent. Like Their roster is actually incredibly long. There's like 15 players, 16 players on it currently, but I'm sure they'll get rid of some. Brad, this is, you're talking about the team that's going to have the worst record in the West. I'm fascinated year. by them. There's going to be a good, uh, they're going to be a good ticket league, a good NBA ticket, whatever you call it. League uh, pass. League pass team is what okay. I'm going so I love all. you for this. this I, I just, just I really love how much, you hate the, or how much you love these losing teams. How they're so interesting to you. These teams that are, aren't going to be on television at all unless you have league pass. I'm and they're just going to lose 60 games next year. Maybe. They got some serious talent. They're just all so, so young. They're going to be fun to watch for a long time. They did a great job with that roster. Well, there you go. Hey, you know what else is going to be fun to watch? What's that? The NFL, the National Football League. Returns in 59 days. Okay. Isn't that good? That's it, huh? Hey, the AAF. We talked about the AAF all the time. There are more pieces coming out. Sports Illustrated has two stories out. One that was dropped yesterday, one that was like a week old, about uh, how it all fell apart. Beyond the one that we read before on about ESPN, uh, or from ESPN on Mind of Micah. Uh, oh, man, there's good stuff. Including the AAF wanted to have a Super Bowl commercial Starring, wait for it, mm-hmm. Bill Murray playing piano. Like, that was the whole idea. We're going to have Bill Murray playing piano, and then in between there's going to be people getting hit, like football collisions. That's the, That was the whole idea. Sounds and apparently they got, they got pretty close to making it happen. Jesus. People, those dudes love to burn money. Man, there's all these stories about crazy things happening in the, in the AAF and people, you know, everything happening. So I would highly suggest you check those out. We may talk about them later. Um, the AAF, what a, what a nightmare. It really was the fire fest of uh, football. They should have just got Johnny Manziel drunk as hell playing the piano and letting people hit, get hit. That would be a better commercial. Yeah, sure. I'd like to see Johnny get hit. Maybe somebody could hit him while he's playing the piano. Hey, let's talk uh, MMA. What a UFC card this weekend. Tell me about it. Well, we'll start at the top. John Jones won a uh, decision. A uh, not a majority, a, a split decision, basically a majority decision, and uh, retains his championship in UFC. Was it two thirty nine this weekend? I always forget the numbers. Yeah, it was two thirty nine. Uh, this was good stuff. This was one of the best cards of the entire year. You think so? Yeah, All, lots what of knockouts. So good. What's that? What made it so good? Lots well, of knockouts. we'll talk about that. Lots of knockouts. Uh, the Tiago Santos, John Jones main event was exciting. It went the distance, but really compared to the rest of the card, it was a little lame because everything was violent. You and, don't typically uh, want both fights to go to decision though, do you? You like to see a, like a tap out or a knockout or well, something. Well, sort of as Dana White says, you conclusion. should never never leave a, a fight in the hands of the judges. That's right. Um we'll see who's next for John Jones. There's there's some uh some choices, you know, uh anything is possible there. The plan was Luke Rockhold was next, but Luke Rockhold lost. He got knocked out for the third time in the last four fights. I think he's pretty much done. He's also a uh, professional male model. So if I were him, I would stop getting punched in the fucking face. Yeah, it doesn't help your other career. Yeah, just be a model, dude. Stay in good shape and stop getting taking head trauma. Uh, Amanda Nunes is uh, the greatest female fighter of all time. She 
knocked Holly Holm out with a fucking nasty head kick. Yes, I saw uh, that. A video of this is available on Backdoor Cover Podcast. Heck of a collision. On the Instagram. Yeah, she kicked Holly Holm right in the head. Uh, she's killing everyone. She's killed Ronda Rousey. She killed Misha Tate. She killed Chris Cyborg. And now Holly Holm. And she beat Valentina Shavinko. And she's just, she's a monster. A monster. I don't know who else is out there. Way. I mean, I think, oh yeah, I think that, I think it's got to be Cyborg. That's the only fight that I'd like to see uh, in the women's division. She's the only woman that has a chance. And I'd like to see Nunez just kill her too and see, see who's next. I mean, she has a couple losses on her record, but the last one came in 2014. So yeah, like, and, and she's just while. been wrecking people. Yeah. It, like just violent. She is, she's another, she is, uh, you know, when Ronda Rousey was really on her run and she was tapping everybody out, like she was ferocious and she was hard to beat and people couldn't figure her out, for lack of a better term. This woman is just nasty. Right. Like Amanda Nunes has knockout power. Uh, she can stand and go. She's cocky. She's 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 got the chutzpah. She's, she, she's got everything you need. Is, is chutzpah like a, the it factor? Yeah, she's got it. Uh, and she just the the self belief like she said something about how she likes to finish people the way that they like to finish other people so like she got a head kick on on uh, Holly Holm who knocked out Ronda Rousey with a head kick like that's what she was going for a world class boxer like it, it's pretty wild the thing that was talked about the most on Saturday though was neither of the top two fights it's the third kind of fight on the card Jorge Mastival knocking Ben Askren. The fuck out. Oof. Uh, this, again, available to view if you haven't already at Backdoor Cover Podcast. What is that move called? Five seconds. This was a flying knee. Flying knee. That sounds and right. If you haven't watched the fight, it was the fastest knockout in UFC history. Uh, they ring the bell. Massival just starts sprinting towards the middle of the cage. Ben Askren, who was undefeated, uh, and I think he's like 34-0. This is only like his second or third UFC fight, though. He had fought all over the world. Never been beat. Uh, a United States Olympian as a wrestler, uh, an All-American at Missouri. He's a guy who's like our age, and we know a little bit. Uh, he's also kind of a cocksucker, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Uh, he's he's into conspiracy theories. He's he's you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say everything I think about the guy. Other than I think he's just kind of a prick, and he associates with people that are total fucking assholes. Uh, but other than that, these guys have been talking a lot of shit to each other. Jorge Masaval uh, also talked about. He had a lot to say. He's also known as the Cuban G, uh, Jesus because he kind of looks like Jesus. And uh, they probably call him Jesus. No, no. Well, I mean, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he, you can call him whatever you want to call just him. Making jokes. I'm with you. He now has the fastest knockout in the history of the UFC. I, I want to find this audio clip. He, he might also have the fastest shit talking in it, UFC history. He was talking shit before the guy's head hit the mat. Did you see that in the clip? He was like, got oh, yeah. down and was like started. Counting. Oh, he knocked him the fuck yeah. out. Yeah, and before the fight, he said, no, I'm not angry. I'm getting paid. No matter what happens on Saturday, I'm getting paid. I'm putting my kids further in life. I'm bettering their education. I'm going to be able to purchase more cheeseburgers of higher quality. So no matter what happens, I'm fucking happy, you know? So mad? Nah. But definitely, like, slightly fucking extra motivated to hurt this dude? Yeah. There's something more hot sauce in this three-piece that I'll be serving up or whatever the fuck I give him, which is really a hell of a uh, comment. But after the fight was really like his, the, the press conference was incredible. And uh, here, I've got some audio of if you'd like to listen, Brad. I would. Why were they necessary? What do you mean? Why? So he was questioned for, after he. Some criticism. 
Well, here, here's the clip. Some people say the punches weren't really necessary. Maybe they were super necessary. Why were they necessary? What do you mean, why were they not necessary? Because he was already knocked out at that point. But it, the referee hadn't pulled me off. And my job is to hit somebody till the referee pulls me off. So to those people, I would say maybe don't watch him and may go back to soccer. I bet you love that. I did. Fuck soccer. So those of you who haven't seen the clip yet, he kicks the guy in the head, and as he's falling, the the... The guy has already turned around and started banging him on the face as he's like lifeless on the the mat, and then the referee pulls him off, and then he starts doing shit talking. But like, yeah, Askren, what he's saying afterwards, he hit him in the face a couple of times. Askren was clearly out cold from this knee. So what? Back to I'll I'll narrate the whole fight for you. He decided that he sprinted. That uh, Askren is a wrestler, so he knew Askren was going to come down for a takedown he for his legs. Try and, yeah, take him down right. in a wrestling manner. So Maskeval, Maskeval, uh practice this running knee and they posted video of him practicing it 48 hours before the fight. He was telling people before the fight, I'm going to come out and run, throw a sprinting running knee at the guy knocks him out fucking cold, nails him with his knee to the face. Like Uh, top of his head. Askren is basically out instantly. He bangs his head and then he lands a couple of, uh, a couple of hard shots. Uh, I've got more press conference audio from. Okay. Some criticism. People say the punches weren't really. I saw some other criticisms, perhaps, of your celebration afterwards. Any regrets at the celebration or your behavior in the cage afterwards? Uh, Man, there's not too many people that I've disliked. I have over 50 pro fights, and he's one of them, you know. He talked about my manhood, talked about my culture, my ethnicity. Where where do we draw? Why do certain people get to do stuff? You online, so you could do anything. Everything is cool before a fight. You're allowed to do and say whatever you want. Like other fighters are not doing, talking about people's religions, wife, even kids. That's cool. But after a fight, I'm not allowed to showboat and rub it in your face. So you and guys like you could see it and be like, maybe I don't talk so much shit because when I cross one of these real motherfuckers, they're going to make me pay for it, man. They're going to embarrass the shit out of me. And it's not over for Ben either. He still has to deal with me. If I see him at Whole Foods, I'm going to still slap that dude up because I don't like him. That's where he gets his burgers from. If you from. see me at Whole Foods, I'm going to slap that dude up because I don't like him. So uh, there was a lot of shit talking leading up to this fight. And Mastival stands quite strong. So he's one of those guys, like, I look at it like this. He's doing a job, and he looks at it like a job. But it just so happens he really likes his job. He's passionate about his job. And uh, he came out and just crunched this dude, and he really enjoys himself doing his job. That's how you be best at your job. Yeah. Uh, Askren, by the way, was discharged from the hospital Saturday night, was hospitalized, but apparently he's back. And he tweeted out, like, that sucked or something like that. That was... That was his entire tweet statement. Uh, apparently, he's going to be on the MMA hour with uh, or the MMA show, whatever the the show with Ariel Hawani is now called. Um, so it's probably difficult to elaborate when you take a flying kick to the face. So that sucked. Sounds about right. We'll see what's next uh, for Jorge. Uh, a lot of talk about he had asked for a promise to get a UFC championship uh, fight after beating Askren, but now Colby Cov- Covington. Uh, looms large. These guys are former close friends, former roommates, and uh, current teammates. Covington's also a well-known piece of shit, uh, in my opinion. So come at me, uh, MAGA Nation. There was also a fight between Nate Diaz and Khabib in in the in the event. Did you see this, Brent? No. Uh, security kind of like shut it down, but there was an incident in the crowd, which is always great. I love a crowd fight. So uh, shouts to Nate Diaz for always being Nate Diaz. The other uh, MMA note, Uriah Faber is coming out of retirement in five days in Sacramento. So that's exciting. Yeah? Why? 
Because I love Uriah Faber. Okay. Good. And he's from Sacramento, and uh, he's he. I think he's been in retirement for four or five years. So we'll see. We're here for that. Uh, big shouts to Uriah, one of the uh, the real, you know, the most important people in MMA history, really. Uh, so that's that's the MMA news. Let's talk a little baseball. Uh, Titan High are not here, but I'll play their music anyway. Or maybe I won't. Wait, yeah. that's Buttercup. There you go. Yeah. Hey, the All-Star game is Tuesday, and the Home Run Derby is Monday. That's it. That's your whole thing? That's our baseball minute. Uh, Cars would be really proud. Did you see the catch that uh, Mike Trout made yesterday? No. He made a barehanded catch against the wall. That sounds dangerous. He, like, jumped up. He crashed into the wall. He yeah. gets his glove. This is the... in the All-Star game. No, this is in the game yesterday. Oh, this the is in Astros. real the last time. game before okay. the, the All-Star game. Sounds less dangerous. He crashed into the wall, hits his glove. His glove touches the ball, okay. but he doesn't catch it. Then he falls to the ground, and he catches the ball with his bare hand. It was unbelievable. He's just a bad boy. He's he's something else. Hey, do you want to talk some soccer, Brad? Nah. No, nah, let's talk about it for a second. <laughs> I, I, I just wanted to fuck you up because I knew that was what you were going to say. It's all good. The women won the World Cup. Congrats. You're, you're hey, excited, but in, huh? in, happier, uh, in happier news, okay. the United States men's team lost to Mexico yesterday. So shouts to uh, our amigos and uh, from down under or from south of the border. That, that win means a lot more to the people of Mexico than it does to America. We should all be happy. And uh, hopefully American soccer dies. Do you want to comment on, uh, you know, the equal pay debate? No, but I'd like to know yeah, how many Americans either. have referred to the Mexican culture as the people down under. That was nice of you. That was a good, that was a good touch there. Well, that's targeted really to Australia, I guess. But, hey, whatever the case may be, um, shouts to Mexico. Oh, boy. Sorry, my phone is ringing. But we're good now. Uh, shouts to Mexico. Hey, we've got a hotline. It looks like we got some hotline calls, but I haven't listened to them yet, so we'll save those for next for later this week. Not doing roulette today. Huh? 800-392-6344. No time for phone calls. Phone uh, Hotline roulette this week. We will play them on Thursday, though. 800-392-6344. Call in. Uh, leave a question, a comment. Give us a hot take. And also, if you have a question for Mike, his mailbag, uh, we'd love, I'm, I'm happy to answer questions on the hotline. Uh, it's the MWBK hotline, 800-392-6344. Brad, is there anything else that we need to talk about today? No. Uh, Peter, the Irish guy, selected John Rahm to win the Irish Open last week, and he did so. Great pick by uh, Pete, the Irish guy, on the buttercut last week. Cool. Uh, a 20-year-old one on tour this week. We'll yeah. talk about that later this week. When Matthew we, Wolf. When we do a little uh, golf preview. Um, I think that's it. Follow us at Backdoor Cover Podcast on Instagram, uh, Backdoor Cover on Twitter if you care. Uh, me at Mike Weiner, M-I-C-A-H-W-I-E-N-E-R, Mike at TX on Snapchat. Brad, where can the people follow you? Bradley B. Key on Instagram, Bradley Key on Twitter. You can follow me on the Buttercut Podcast on Instagram as well. As always, check out Mind and Micah. Check out the 365 Things Awesome Pod. This has been a production of MWBK Creative and Sales. We'll be back later this week. Mm, bye-bye thanks for listening